Hi, guys. Welcome to Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about getting more in touch with your soul so you can get more in touch with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be discussing how refocusing your attention away from your body and more towards your inner light will help you to also refocus your attention more on the Holy Spirit and will strengthen you to move further away from your food obsession and closer to walking in God's plan for your life. But before we get to that, I just have a few quick and fun announcements to make. Courtney Kopeck, and I'm a Christian food and body image coach. I spent most of my life hating my body and feeling frustrated with food. Then God stepped in and showed me something so supernatural in his word, it transformed my life forever. Now I have peace around food and feel comfortable in my body. I am teaching female followers of Christ all over the world how to find this exact same food freedom through a deeper faith in Jesus. Join me in fellowship here every week as I discuss biblical scriptures directed towards how to treat and love our own bodies, as well as share personal struggles and thoughts around food and body image and the role God plays in both. I also talk with other women of faith who share their personal stories and wisdom around God's grace in putting a final end to their own food and body image drama. This episode is brought to you by my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. If you're ready for some answered prayers around your food struggles and body image issues and want to start living abundantly in the life God has waiting for you, where you are truly free from binging, food restricting, and yo-yo dieting, get my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to CourtneyKopech.com slash sign up for free devotional. That's CourtneyKopech.com slash sign up for free devotional. And now let's get to the podcast. I caught a glimpse of myself the other day in the Target changing room mirror. And I was like, whoa. I didn't realize that I looked the way I looked. I was heavier. My back was wider. I didn't see as much definition with my muscles as I was used to seeing. It was the setting I was in too. Like I've seen myself in my bathroom mirror and I'm kind of used to seeing my back look like that. But now I was in a dressing room and I haven't gotten a lot of new clothes since I've gained weight. So it was just kind of shocking to me. And I think I handled it pretty well. Like maybe if it had been a few months ago, I would have probably run out of this changing room screaming and crying, but I didn't do that this time. I saw it and I was like, okay, so this is what I'm looking like right now. This is me. This is my body right now. This is my body today. And I tried on the stuff that I got. I had some flash forwards to summer, a little bit of con- you know concern about, okay, bathing suit season is coming. Quickly had some visions of me trying on some suits in Target. But then I brushed those away. I'm like, hey, summer is not today. We're not even thinking about summer. We're here trying these clothes on today, and this is where we're at. That is an example of me trying to stay in the present moment. It's weird. Like, sometimes I walk around, and I still feel as though I'm in my smaller body. I I was waiting to see a smaller body in the mirror when I tried these clothes on. It was shocking to see a larger one. It doesn't mean that I was like disgusted with what I saw in the mirror. It was a surprise. I just was expecting to see what I had been seeing for years when I looked in the mirror. What I was proud of was the fact that I was able to just like brush it off. It didn't ruin my day. It didn't ruin, you know, like I wasn't crying at the checkout. I didn't get in the car and get all weepy. 
I didn't think about it driving home. I was really like thankful and peaceful. I've gotten to a place where I can say, thank you, God, for the body that I have today. I trust this body because I know that wherever you have me is where I'm supposed to be. That there's always a lesson to be learned wherever I'm at. And that that lesson is always going to make me a better person. It's always going to draw me closer to you. It's always going to make me more Christ-like. Those are all good things. I thought about myself going to heaven. Like as a person, not as a changed soul. Like if I went up to heaven as I was today, and if I tried to have a conversation with one of the girl souls up there about body image, you know, like if I had walked up to a girl soul and I was like, oh God, I feel so fat today. I had two slices of pizza. Then later on, I went out for ice cream. Ugh, I didn't go to the gym. And I thought about how stupid I would sound, like how unimportant that conversation would be in heaven. Have you ever thought about how unimportant some of the things you make important are, really, in reality, when you measure it up to, like, the spiritual stuff going on? Like the stuff that God has for us the important things that are waiting for us in heaven versus what we dwell on here on earth. I think about the new bodies we're going to have. And I wonder, are we going to have different bodies? Are we going, you know, like, am I going to get a body that other people are going to envy? I can't imagine... I mean, are they even going to be human bodies? No one's going to be jealous in heaven of anybody else's body. There's going to be no jealousy. But I try to put some humanness into it. And I just can't. It just seems so ridiculous. And so if that is the goal to get to heaven, if that's what we're all shooting for, if that's what we're all aiming for, if that's what we're seeking and we're, we're working so hard towards just trying to be like here on earth, you know, we just want so much of God and it's so hard to, to get because our humanness gets so much in the way. If we just step back for a minute and look at the stuff that we place our value on and compare that to what is waiting for us on the other side, it just really falls apart, doesn't it? It holds like zero value. I can't sit here and complain about my body and whine about my body and think for a minute that I don't have value as a person because I don't have a specific body and then cry to God about it. I mean, I've wasted so much time doing that. It's ridiculous. How many times have I said to God, why can't I just be thin? Why can't I just lose this weight? You know how much this means to me. And yet, it doesn't mean anything to God in terms of what he has waiting for me. 
there are lessons to be learned perhaps in my relationship to my body for sure, whether that means gaining weight or losing weight or whatever. But changing my body in order to make myself feel better about myself is not part of God's plan for my life. God is not about our outward appearance. Our outward appearance represents nothing about who we are on the inside. It is so worldly. It's blindingly worldly. And we're so involved in it, especially as women. It's a bobble, you know? We love our bobbles. We love pretty things. We want to be pretty things. And then we get all caught up in it. I want clothes to look good on me. I don't want to have rolls hanging out of my jeans. I don't want to have, you know, like I can't even wear button down shirts because like my boobs are too big and I get holes in the middle. That middle button, there's always a little like thing popping open and you can see my bra. So I don't look cute in those like chambray button down shirts that everyone's wearing. I can't wear those. I can barely wear three quarter length shirts because my boobs are too big. And the just like when my arms are hanging down by my sides, it just looks like one big, uh, it looks like the Titanic is like crossing over across my chest. I don't know how to explain it. These are the things I want. These are the things I think about in my day. None of it is spiritual. <laughs> but it's like, what am I really trying to say when I'm thinking about these things? Why can't I wear three quarter length shirts? No one ever told me it looks like the Titanic is crossing over my chest. I came up with that. Or Satan did. My point is that somewhere along the line, we decided that we weren't beautiful or certain things were not beautiful on us. We didn't look right in certain things. And God knows we have judged other people in what they wear. I mean, this is what we do as women. We judge each other. We look around the room and we say, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's wearing that. We have an idea of what beauty is supposed to look like and then we put it out there. And what we don't recognize, what we don't own is that our standard of beauty is not God's standard of beauty. Clothing is just clothing. That's all it is. It's just clothing. You know, we're supposed to start seeing people through God's eyes. And that includes ourselves. I challenge you to put on something that you feel you don't look good in and wear it around telling yourself, you look good in it and see how you feel at the end of the day in it. See if your mind doesn't change. What if you wore something you thought you looked hideous in 
And then all day long, you had people telling you that you looked so good in it. Do you think you'd still think you looked bad in it? I don't know. You have to challenge your perception of what beauty is. You can't just stick to what you have been telling yourself is beautiful. You have to open your mind up more to it. This is part of the process of having a normal relationship with food and your body. It's expanding your mind of what your idea of beauty is because you've been living with this brainwashed perception for your entire life. And it's not a godly perception. It's not a holy perception. And that's my dog barking. It's important to start trying to see things through a holy perception. To remove like a worldly judgment from it and try to see it as, well, what would God think of this? If I brought this up into heaven, how would the angels view it? How would the saints view it? How would the people up in heaven view it? They would see the soul. They wouldn't even see the dress. You know, you could go up to heaven in a Marquesa gown, the most gorgeous Marquesa gown in the universe. And I guarantee you, none of the souls up there would comment on that Marquesa gown. And you'd feel like an idiot. Because you're going up there with the plan to impress. And they just don't care about things like that. It doesn't mean that we can't see things as beautiful down here. I mean, there's a talent that goes behind making a Marquesa gown. They're gorgeous. God loves gorgeous things. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but they don't hold any, you know, materialistic items don't hold any value in the spiritual world. You can appreciate them here. Yeah, but they don't hold value. They don't hold truth. They don't hold righteousness. Your soul holds those things. And you need to start seeing people's souls. You need to start living life with your soul, not living life with your body. And it's hard because we see our bodies. We don't see our souls. I don't really want to see my soul right now. I don't think it would be very pretty. I mean, there's things about myself I really like, but I'm so much of a mess. You know, I'd like to think that I have like this beautiful wedding cake of a soul, but it's probably much more of like devil's food cake or like a black forest cake. It's dark. I don't know. Maybe it's a marble cake. I'm going to go with that. It's both light and dark. Right now, if you're having a challenge with food in your body, you're having a body image challenge, you're having a beauty image challenge, you're having a challenge of how you see yourself in the world. And you're having a challenge of how you believe other people see you. This is a huge reason why I am obsessed with clothes. That's my fastest way to feel like I can be accepted. Oh, got to run out and buy some new clothes. Then I'll feel better about myself. I have a girlfriend who, if she wore a potato sack, would still look gorgeous. That's not me. Is that true? Is that a true story or is that a false story? Some of you who have seen what I look like might say, oh, Courtney, that's not true. 
I believe that story to be true. That doesn't mean that it is true. You have to ask yourself these questions and then you have to decide what you're going to believe. You get to decide how beautiful you think you are. I'm going to say that again. You get to decide how beautiful you think you are. Did you know that you have that power? You do. You don't have the power to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. You don't have the power to change your body to look like a supermodel. You don't have the power to automatically stop your eating disorder in 24 hours. You don't have the power to make your husband love you even though you've put on weight. You don't have the power to get that promotion that you've been waiting for. You don't have the power to make your neighbors like you. You do have the power to see yourself as beautiful. Why are you not using it? If God sees you as beautiful, what else do you need? When we start seeing other people as beautiful, we start to see ourselves as more beautiful. When we stop treating other people as ugly, we stop treating ourselves as ugly. When we stop trolling through Facebook and Instagram and judging every single person that we see on there, every single woman that we see on there, we stop doing the same thing to ourselves. To let go of your body image issues, you have to let go of having issues with other people's bodies. To let go of your body image issues, you have to let go of having issues with other people's bodies. And my dog Butters agrees. I remember watching an award show one time and I was sitting next to my mom. This wasn't too long ago. And one of the really heavy set actresses was on. I can't remember what her name is. But, you know, she had dressed herself in what she felt the most beautiful and the most comfortable in. And my mom remarked on what she was wearing. I don't remember exactly what the remark was, but it was rude. You know, and I commented. I said, I think she looks beautiful. And my mom kind of was like, <laughs> you know, I think she was a little insulted. I think she felt a little foolish for making a comment. And I didn't, I didn't go along with it. You know, I didn't go along with the body shaming. But at the same time, I felt like, what if I was that size? You know, what if that was me standing there? What comments would you be thinking about me, your own daughter? if I looked like that. We have to start seeing people the way God wants us to be seeing them, not as these objects that need to be molded into how society tells us they're supposed to look. People are more than objects. They're living, breathing souls. And their bodies simply house those souls. That's it. I think, you know, there's like this saying out there that you can't love someone else until you love yourself. I think that can be true, but I also think that it can take a really long time to love yourself. And sometimes it's easier to love others 
Sometimes you learn to love yourself by loving others first. And for me, I have found that as I've started to open my mind up more to being less judgmental of other people's bodies, and and I include not comparing myself to other people's bodies, because by judgmental, I don't just mean poo-pooing on people who are bigger than me, you know, or people who have smaller boobs than me, or people who have flatter butts than me, or whatever is the sign of beauty. You know, the Kardashian body right now is like a very hot body to have. Um, And it's not a body that I'm particularly looking to own. I don't know what I would do with a behind like that. Um, But I'm just saying that, you know, we all have these ideas of beauty and we look at other people who don't have things that we have that we find beautiful. And there's a part of us that kind of sticks our nose up at them. Like, huh, well, at least, you know, she may have a flat stomach, but she doesn't have my boobs. I mean, we do this. And you have to take a step back and look at yourself with that. And recognize that you are putting the sum of that person together into what their body looks like. You're taking what that person is all about and you're just wrapping it all up into what their figure looks like. You're completely degrading that person. And it doesn't say very much about yourself either. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad out there. I'm just trying to make you guys aware of how easily we all do this. Because I do it too. And when you're trying to work through your own body image stuff and you're trying to get comfortable with eating like a normal person, a huge part of that is also recognizing how you're treating other people and how you're judging other people's bodies, how you're sizing up your body to other people's bodies. If you're still objectifying other people's bodies, then you're going to objectify your own. If you're still looking on Instagram and seeing a beautiful girl who has a body that you admire But within admiring that body, you also are comparing yourself. You also are wishing you had that body. Then what you're still feeling is discontent. Then what you're still feeling is negativity. Then what you're still sending the message to God is, I'm not happy with what you have given me. I'm not happy with myself. Now, maybe what you've got going on is due to the fact that you've got a poor relationship with food. You don't really know what your body's going to look like once you start getting a handle on your eating. And that's fine. There will come more of a peace about your body regardless of what it looks like and regardless of the reason it looks the way it does once you stop judging it and other women. You're not going to sit there and, and, and deconstruct all the reasons of why your body looks the way it does. It won't matter. I don't sit here and whine to God about the fact that my body has gotten bigger because of my medicine. It doesn't matter. The reasons don't matter. Your body is what it is today. The point is you can't have judgment around it. And it'll do what it's going to do when you change your eating. But you're not there yet. Maybe you are there yet. I'm not sure. But you can't be looking to different areas. You can't be looking further down the road than where you're at. 
if you're working on your judgment of other women's bodies and working on your judgment of yourself, if you're working on practicing deciding that you're beautiful simply because you are a creation of God that has nothing to do with your weight, that has nothing to do with how you handle your relationship to food. Because see, God doesn't love you any less because you don't have a good relationship with food. But you do. And you use that as a crutch. You take that negative relationship with food and you use it as a crutch. Yes, it sucks that you don't have a handle on your relationship to food. Yes, you want healing from that. I get that. But you have to love yourself in spite of it. Because that's not your only flaw. I hate to tell you. You got a lot of flaws. We all do. We're human beings. And when you do get healing with your food, there will still be other flaws that need to be dealt with. You will still have other things about you that God will bring to your attention. Trust me. So whether it's a food flaw or it's an anxiety flaw or it's a relationship flaw or it's a work ethic flaw or it's a money obsession flaw, whatever. I don't know what your flaws are, but I can guarantee you, you've got more than the food problem. It's just you're focused in on the food problem because you feel as though that's the one that if you can get a handle on it, your life will be wonderful. All will be well and you'll be thin. And thinness brings happiness because that's what we're told. No, closeness to God brings happiness. Trust in God brings happiness. Letting go and having God be the one in control of your life brings happiness. Treating other people the way God instructs you to treat other people brings happiness. And I can tell you right now that if you're judging other women solely off what their bodies look like, you are not treating them the way God expects you to be treating them. And you're hurting yourself because it's a reflection of how you treat your own body. And I promise you, if you can practice not talking about other women's bodies with your friends, not talking about your own body with your friends, if you can practice going out and noticing other women and catching yourself in that moment that you're about to judge, that you're about to make a call on what she's wearing, you're about to make a call on how she did her hair, you're about to make a call on what her weight looks like, you catch yourself in that moment and you say, she is beautiful because she is God's. You will feel more beautiful immediately. I swear. Light will come to you immediately. That spirit living in you will brighten immediately. You will get a sense of peace right away. This is how our souls should be talking to each other. When we make a judgment of another woman based off her appearance, that is not our soul communicating with the other woman's soul. That is our human nature. That is our worldly nature. That is our sinful nature. That is all the devil. And it keeps us trapped in this realm of selfish baloney about our bodies. It keeps us on the hamster wheel of believing that all our value comes from our beauty. All our power 
comes from how we look. If we don't fit the mold, we don't have the power. And yet God tells us that simply because we love him, we have the power. And the truth is, all of this is about power. We want power. That's what Satan's all about. He was upset from day one that he didn't have the kind of power God had. He wants the power. The flesh is about power. The spirit is about power. But they're two very different kinds of power. One is a self-serving power, and the other one is a dying of self-power. It's a serving God power. It's a holy power. Practice loving other women. And I don't want you to do it by giving false compliments. I don't want you to go to a party and see Sally Sue wearing a sweater that you don't really think is that cute and go up to her and be like, oh my gosh, your sweater's really cute. You look so good in it. That's a lie. Don't do that. I want you to look beyond the materialistic part of Sally Sue. I don't want you to be picking out parts of Sally Sue that are materialistic. Don't look at her earrings. Don't look at her hair. Don't look at her shoes. Don't look at her physicality. Look at Sally Sue. Look at Sally Sue as a child of God, as something that God felt worthy enough to put on this earth. He created her with so much love and he has such fabulous plans for Sally Sue. That's how I want you to look at her. And that's how I want you to look at yourself. I want that light that you give off to Sally Sue to bounce right off of her and back onto you. And I totally just rhymed you will start to feel more love for yourself. You will start to feel what it means to truly feel beautiful without materialistic things. You don't need the beautiful clothes. You don't need the makeup. And I'm not saying that you should throw all your beautiful clothing out and not put makeup on anymore. It's, you know, it's like I said about the Marquesa dress. It's okay to appreciate those things. It's okay to like those things. It's okay to enjoy putting on mascara and some really gorgeous red lipstick and looking like a hot mama when you go out every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. But when that becomes your self-worth, there's a problem, right? When that becomes more important than God, When you look for your value in that and not in Christ, then you've got a problem. And when you can't find value in another person beyond those things, then you've got a problem. One of the main objects of being a Christian woman is to take the power of the spirit of Christ living in you and Let that be your source of light. Let that be your source of power. And when you're living in the flesh and you're all about your body, you're not doing that. And yet that is what like 90% of, and this isn't like a real statistic. I'm just throwing out a number. It just seems like that's what the majority of us women are doing. We're living in the flesh. We use our beauty. We use our bodies as our source of power. We don't feel comfortable enough in ourselves to do anything else. 
We don't feel confident. We don't even know how to tap into our other power. Because it's like from day one, you're taught that your role is to be beautiful. To not be fat and to be beautiful. And from the Christian perspective, your role is to love God, follow the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for you as a Christian woman to tap into the Holy Spirit's power? What does that look like for you? How is that different from you tapping into your fleshly power, your beauty power, your body power? People are not going to praise you because you're so like tuned into the Holy Spirit. I mean, maybe at church you're going to get some of that. But every day out in the real world, you're not going to walk into the office and be energized and really filled with the Holy Spirit and get like high fives and dudes checking you out and girls asking you, hey, you want to go out for a girls night and grab some drinks? Because you're so like tapped into the Holy Spirit. Your reward is very different than the reward you get when you're fulfilling your fleshly power. You know, when you are fulfilling the fleshly power, guys check you out. You get male attention. Girls are nicer to you. People are kinder to you. You get more worldly stuff. And it's an immediate thing that happens. You know, you lose weight and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Look how much weight you've lost. How did you do it? All the attention starts coming. And you think, well, I must have looked horrible before because no one was telling me how good I looked then. I got to keep going with this thing. Look at all the attention I'm getting. Rarely will you hear people when you're tapping into the Holy Spirit be like, oh my gosh, I can totally tell you're really in tune with the Spirit right now. You look so beautiful. You'll get a little bit of that like at a church, you know, Bible study weekend away or something like that. But it's so much of a private thing that happens between you and the Holy Spirit. It's such an inward change. It's such a personal, intimate thing that happens. It's slow. It's tender. It's unique. It's deep. And it's otherworldly. It's in a lot of ways really unfathomable. There are no expectations to have when you're tapping into the Holy Spirit on what that power looks like for you. Because it's always new. It's always fresh. We're always being renewed in different ways. You lose weight, you know what you're going to be getting. You know the expectations you can have on the reactions of other people. You wear a cute new dress. You get a new like eyeliner. You dye your hair. You come back from the salon. You know the reaction you're going to get. That's why you keep going out there. Because you know what you're going to get you know the response you're going to have back, the uplift you're going to get. You don't get that with God. And yet, we're asked 
to still seek it. We're asked to still choose that over the flesh. Over what the world is offering us. The Holy Spirit's job is to strengthen you. It is to refresh, renew, and revive you. God talks about a spiritual battle going on. And it's a pretty heavy, deep thing to think about. You know, we get up, we sort of go about our lives. We don't really think too much about Satan, the spiritual war that's going on. You know, we just sort of like pray that we have a good day. We don't get depressed. Um, You know, we make some decent money. We have a few laughs. Dinner comes out okay. And we get a good night's rest. You know, we're not often praying for real spiritual guidance to fight against the darkness that's out there. We often see the darkness as this really, really evil, destructive, you know, someone was murdered, someone was kidnapped, someone was raped. Like, that's the darkness. It doesn't necessarily touch our everyday lives, but you have to understand that Satan is a trickster and a liar, and he doesn't need to be that dark in your everyday life if that's not what your everyday life is necessarily about. You know, he's not going to show up in your life as a gangbanger if you're not living in the hood somewhere and that doesn't have anything to do with your life. If you are a woman whose value is based off of your weight and you struggle with food, he will show up in your life like that. He will show up in your life as a challenge. He will show up in your life in ways that make you feel bad about your body, in ways that make you feel guilty about eating the cookies. That's how he's going to show up. And it's our job to be really aware of that. That is the evil. That is the darkness. That is still very much the spiritual battle that we are fighting. And that is very much the reason why we need the Holy Spirit every single day in our lives to fight that off. And that is why we need the strength. So understand this. Number one, God is never going to give you more than you can handle. And a lot of times when we're looking towards the Holy Spirit, we see the big picture. We see everything that we need to heal from and we get freaked out. It's like, I'm such a mess. This is going to take forever to untangle. And we only see it through our human eyes. But that's because we're looking through it as the way that we've been controlling it for all these years. And what a horrible job we've been doing trying to fix ourselves, right? We can't see it the way God's going to be able to mend us and the way God's going to work through us. And we're not supposed to. God doesn't work that way. That's where the faith comes in. We have to take it day by day. This is so important to understand. When you're ready to heal, and I mean when you're ready to heal, because you're not going to heal until you really are ready. You may feel ready. You may be so sick and tired of this battle, but you may not actually spiritually be ready yet. God may still have lessons that you need to learn spiritually through the challenges that you're facing, preparing you to be ready to really surrender this. I don't know how God's working in your life. I know that there were several times where I thought I was ready and realized I wasn't and still had a lot to work through. This is trauma, ladies. Believe it or not, this is true trauma that you're dealing with around your body and food. It's A very deep scar that needs a lot of love and tenderness from Jesus. 
And you're not going to be able to receive that love and tenderness until your soul is ready to receive it. And all you can do is pray that God prepare your soul for that. And pray that he give you the wisdom to know when your soul is ready to receive that. Wanting it is one thing, but being ready for it is another thing. God really has to do the preparation in you. This isn't just about coming in and fixing your food problems. This isn't just about coming in and all of a sudden making you okay with your body. There's so much more here that's going on. He's really making you a soldier in his army to fight more battles. Because I'm telling you right now that once you get beyond this struggle, once you recover, and you can recover from these issues, there will be more issues. There's always going to be something about you that needs to be dealt with. That is our walk. That is our cross to bear as human beings in a fallen world who follow Jesus Christ. We are constantly being perfected. We are constantly being made more Christ-like, right? Your food issues, your weight issues, your issues with fat, your issues with your self-esteem, your issues with comparing yourself to other people, envy, judgment, how you think of other women, how you think of yourself, all of that stuff is only one area that needs being dealt with. And as you get stronger in that area, as you become more equipped to deal with it, and I'm telling you right now that Jesus is working on equipping you, even as we speak. You may not even feel it in this moment. You may feel so weak and broken and completely useless and like nothing's working. I'm so struggling here. God is still working. Never doubt that for a moment. It is not up to us to constantly feel this holy, glorious light of, of like protection and perfectionism and, you know, that is again where the faith comes in. You don't always have to feel it. You just have to trust that it's there. You just have to trust that God is there working on your behalf, even when through your human eyes, it looks like everything is such a mess. But you have to be so honest with yourself. You have to be willing to say, yeah, this is my darkness. This is where the devil is getting me. This is the evil that I'm fighting. This is my battle that's going on here. And this is where Jesus is strengthening me. God knows your heart. He knows that you want to be free from this sin. He knows that you want to be more like him. He knows that you want to be more of a servant for him. He understands all of those things and he has his ways of getting you there. Your job is to keep your eyes on him. Your job is to continually want it. Your job is to tune in to the Holy Spirit. Be strengthened by him. That is your job. And it's an everyday, all day long job. And some days you're going to feel it and some days you're not going to feel it at all. But guess what? Your feelings play very little in God's healing of you. Feelings are nice to have. They definitely are. 
I don't need to go down the list of why. We understand our feelings, you know? But God doesn't need you to feel his presence all the time in order for him to get his work done. And that's where we end up going astray. We believe that because we don't feel like things are working, that he's not there. Because we don't feel strengthened by the Holy Spirit, that we aren't being strengthened by the Holy Spirit. And we forget the role that faith plays in our Christianity, the role that faith plays in our love for who Jesus is, the role that our faith plays as followers of the almighty God. Faith is faith. And if you've forgotten what faith is, look it up. Jesus talks about how great it is for the people who saw him when he was living and believed in him, but how much more great it was for those who never saw him and still believed. And that's you. That's me. That's us. We believe in something we've never seen simply because of what we've seen in our lives. What we've seen change in our hearts. How our souls have responded to his calling. And this is something that I'm going to be talking a lot about moving forward, is really getting in touch with our souls and how our souls interact with the Holy Spirit. Because I know for me personally, being so obsessed with my body got me really focused on my body. So that when I was working through my healing, and I'm talking about my first go around and even my current work that I'm doing with Christ. It's been very much about my physical body and my mind. What I think. What do I think is happening here? I'm always trying to decipher how God is working in my life. I'm always trying to figure out his plan. I'm always trying to get the wisdom, understand. You know what I'm saying? Try to put the puzzle pieces together because I always want to have everything figured out. I'm a person who's very uncomfortable with uncertainty. I do not like feeling vulnerable. And the thing about being a follower of Christ is that it leads us to a lot of vulnerability. Two major words, I think, come up when you are following Jesus and really, really trying to hang in there. Surrender and vulnerability. We don't like being fat because it leaves us vulnerable. We don't like gaining weight because it leaves us vulnerable. We don't like surrendering because it leaves us vulnerable. But if you get that faith going, if you can get that faith going, You can step out, even in the vulnerability, and just say, you know what? I'm going for it. Vulnerability and all. Feeling naked out here, but I'm trusting you, Lord, that you've got me. And in my work that I've been doing, I've realized that I've done so little of actually focusing on my soul. Where does my soul lie with all of this? What has this pattern of food and body image obsession done to my soul? Where is the healing going to be coming from Jesus for my soul? Because the truth of the matter is we are all just souls. In these random bodies that eventually are going to be no more. The soul is what matters. 
The soul is what counts. The soul is what has changed. God's plan for your life is not to perfect your body. It is to perfect your soul. And that is where we need to be focusing on. Getting back in touch with the soul. So I'm really going to be putting a lot of focus on that in the next upcoming podcasts that I'm doing. It can be very confusing getting in touch with the Holy Spirit because we're looking for a feeling to occur. We're looking for the light to shine in. We're looking for the peace to come, you know? I just ask you ladies, pray that you have your expectations removed on what your communication with the Holy Spirit looks like and feels like for you. Don't put any kind of like ideals or rules or emphasis on anything. Don't come to the table with a plan already in place of what you need God to give you in order for you to have your faith, in order for you to trust, in order for you to believe, in order for you to surrender. Just come to him. Just come to him and say, here it all is. I'm laying it out for you. You give me what I need, God, and I'll take it. As big as it is, as small as it is, bring it to me daily. Because I'm trusting that you know what I need. Let's pray. Lord, you give us the Holy Spirit the moment that we accept your Son as our Savior. The Holy Spirit brings us peace and joy. And those are two things that we desperately, desperately want in our lives. Two things we desperately need around our body image and around the way that we treat and handle food. But there's a blockade sometimes. There's a wall. It can be hard to connect to that Holy Spirit. We don't know how to let our guards down, to trust, to have faith. We have expectations of how the healing should look. We want control. And we don't just freely give ourselves over to you. God, we pray that you would help us to have more faith, to be willing to reach out to you just as we are and to take whatever you have for us openly and willingly as servants without our own agendas getting in the way. Show us your Holy Spirit, Lord, this week. Tap us into him. Tune us into him. Make his presence known to us so that we may go out and serve one another with love and light and serve you, God, with a faithful heart. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much.
much for tuning in to Feed Your Faith. I had so much fun with you today, and I really hope that you got something out of the podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. And also, if you're interested, I run an amazing Facebook group, um, Christian Women's Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to uh, Facebook and just put in, you know, Facebook slash Courtney Kopek and you will come across it. Definitely check that out. And don't forget to, to sign up for my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith, that you can get over at my website, www.courtneykopek.com. Have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.